everyone. Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with Jess Rona, actress, writer, comedian, musician, dog groomer to the stars and author of the new book Groomed, which I'm holding in my hands, um, which has tons of if you like and know her Instagram feed. And if you don't, you should go get in touch with it. Because I think Jess, when I met you, you had like a few hundred, maybe a few thousand followers. And now you have hundreds of thousands of followers you've been featured on. Did Were you featured on Oprah? Oh, magazine. Oh, yeah. magazine. Um, I feel like news stations and various magazines are always all up in your business. Yeah. Recording you. They're because my shit. Yeah. Because you take... Your Instagram like blew up, went, went, vi- I feel like it went viral. It did. You, your whole enterprise <laughs> went viral because you do these slow motion videos of dogs that you're grooming set to music. And everyone is like, I need more of this in my day. And so now you have this book featuring dogs in all stages of being made over. Um, and it's super cute. And also, mm, you guys, Wendy's in the book. I love the applause part. <laughs> I'm so glad I got that part. But Thanks, she's guys. in the company of Katy Perry's dogs, Tegan and Sarah's. Who else? Who else is in this book? Well, Tegan and Sarah actually have cats. Um, I'm just friends with them. Okay. Luckily, which, you know, as you're talking and I'm watching, I'm like, holy crap. I can't believe I'm here. And like, I can't believe, yeah, I, it went viral. And I just, I'm just like having one of those moments where I'm like, look at your life right now. This is awesome. Yeah, it went viral. I work out of my garage, as you know. Mm-hmm. Which and is like, very, as Tegan and Sarah, it's just one of them. It's just Sarah. Yeah. Just Sarah. <laughs> she exists as her own person. Yes. Just barely. As Sarah says in her foreword to the book, it's like super cool wood paneling 70s style. Yeah. That's and where I, you work. Yeah. Um, wait, but you were asking me like what celebs come in or? Yeah. Well, I was asking whose celebs dogs are in this book. Oh, are in this book. Okay. Man, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say. Oh, Um, are you not? Okay. Well, Ruby Rose's book, dogs are in my book. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I I just, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say. Yeah, don't say. Because like, I didn't want to like say, hey, I want to use you to get, you know, right. to get people's eyes on this book. Okay, you know don't I mean? tell us that. Just tell us whose celebs dogs you Ooh, groom. Um, Andy Garcia's dogs are in this book. He doesn't mind if I blast his name. <laughs> um, Rachel Bloom, crazy ex-girlfriend. Oh. This is Wiley. This is Aww. her dog. I'm like looking through the book seeing like who's, whose mom is yours? Um, Jasmine Simon, she's on Ballers. She's so funny. Natasha Leone. Root beer is in this book. Oh, which one is root beer? Here, I just flipped. Um, root beer is a gorgeous, this kid. Oh. She's on page 60. Go out and get the book so you get know what book, she looks guys. like. Page 60. Um, my dog is in this book. Oh. <laughs> Mimu. Aww. He's a tiny poodle rescue with lots of political opinions. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, man, I'm just looking through the book to see what celeb dogs are in here. I mean, Pancake is a celebrity on her own. Right. This is Pancake. She's on page 94, guys. Yeah. Super duper cute. How did the book come about? 
So I got approached by a literary agent to, and, and he just emailed me out of the blue and said, hey, are you interested in making a book? And this was two years ago and I responded, hell yeah. And then it took like six months to get the proposal together. And then we shopped it around and a little publisher in Venice, knock, knock, they bought it. And they were, yeah. That is awesome. Can you hear me okay when I'm my mouth's turned? Okay, cool. Yes. Uh, well, well, just because I love to know this kind of stuff, what were some of the other ideas you were thinking before you decided on this particular premise? This was it. This was like, I, I wanted to show dogs in various stages of being groomed mm-hmm. because I basically wanted my Instagram in a book. Right. The Instagram is Jess Rona Grooming, and it's kind of just called Jess Rona's Groomed. I don't know. We just played with the title, and we mm-hmm. wanted something simple. And you took these photos, right? Yeah, I took these photos. Everything on my Instagram is with my iPhone. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe I could shoot the book on my iPhone, but then I realized it looked like crap. So Mm -hmm. uh, I have some really good friends and they loan me their Canon 5D. And I have a client, uh, Jason Rothenberg, who's a wonderful photographer. And he came over like every day for a few weeks and held my hand and showed me (laughs) what to do and how to work a camera and how to set up the strobe light and what settings on the camera. Like I didn't know what I was doing Mm -hmm. and he helped me so much. So I don't know what I would have done without them. I don't even know what I was thinking trying to make this book, but I'm so glad it's here. So how did your Instagram take off? Like what was it from where you sit being you? What was your experience (laughs) of it all like? Because from where I sat, it was like, holy shit, this is so exciting. Look what's happening. Everyone is discovering her. That's kind of how I was. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit, wait, what? Why (laughs) did I just get 2,000 followers? Like, what is this? I'm sitting here in my garage blowing wind on dogs, and now everyone's freaking out. Mm -hmm. It was crazy and mind-blowing, and it still is, and I still don't really know. Like, how it's just nuts. Um, I remember sending a video of a Maltese blowing in the wind to this – the song 10,000 Emerald Pools by Borns. <laughs> Go check out that song because it's a great, like, epic song. And I I just paired the song with that dog and I sent it to the owner and he's like, this should go viral. I'm going to post this. I mean, it, that video didn't, but mm-hmm. his reaction was like, oh, maybe this is kind of cool. And maybe, I, I mean, I love doing it. When I hit that Beyonce, like, ear flip with Stella the Poodle, <laughs> I ran into my room and I showed Eric, my husband, and I was like, babe. I just got this feeling inside of like, this is bliss. This is epic. This is awesome. I can't wait to share this. Mm -hmm. And it just like, it's changed my life. Was there a specific, was it like so-and-so reposted you or so-and-so did a story about like, was there a particular moment you can, you think that like pushed it more? I want to say like one specific person, but it was like, it just kept getting shared and shared and it was on the Today Show and it was on in O Magazine and Marie Claire and InStyle and every magazine started writing me up on their websites and it was just like an explosion. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of simmered, but it's like now it's like big explosions here and there versus like one huge one of everybody. Right. And something I think that I think is so fascinating is... You used to hide the fact that you were a dog groomer, right? Yeah, how'd you know that? Um, I think I've heard you say it or I, oh, I've, yeah, yeah okay. I've read it before. Okay. Um, can you yeah. talk about that a bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all have multiple hats we wear. So I'm 
an actor and a comedian and I didn't want to be known as a dog groomer because I guess being like having you know we all paint a narrative on one person it's like oh you're a podcaster you know but you're also a mom and a comedian and all these other things so I just was afraid that if people just knew me as only a dog groomer the acting would dissolve because being an actor is so hard you can you know everyone's you know pounding on the door constantly their whole lives to get in right so I just didn't want being a dog groomer labeled on me so mm-hmm. that I couldn't like pursue acting. I don't know. It's just what I had in my mind. Right. So what was dog grooming to you then? Was it just It was a, a means to make money I see. and to support myself while I pursued acting and mm-hmm. comedy and other stuff. Is acting comedy and other stuff still the dream? Yeah. More than dog wanna, grooming? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dog grooming is awesome. What I my goal and dream is to groom dogs as a hobby and for fun and to create a product line and have a little commercial space where I have it run by Jay and Christine and whoever else Mm -hmm. is going to work for me in the future. Jay and Christine are my assistants. They're like, they're everything. They're like, why my business runs? You know Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Um, I don't think I know Christine. I know Jay, She's sort of new. I mean, she's been with me almost a year, but she's amazing. Um, and she's a new groomer, and she's now doing haircuts, and I'm so proud of her, my little baby. Um, <laughs> but I would like them to run my grooming business mm-hmm. while I create a show based on my life that's sort of like um, – I don't know how much I should say, say about the show, but I am working on a on a scripted, semi-scripted comedy about a dog groomer. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Is that um, – I don't want to make you say something that you don't want to say. It's fine. Um. Is that something you're going to pitch or has it already been like sold and stuff? No, no, but um, we haven't sold it yet, but I have good feelings about That's it. That's very exciting. Yeah. So where did you grow up? Here in LA. I grew up in the Valley. Mm-hmm. I did live in New York for a few years, which is where I started comedy. Um, but yeah, I've been in LA forever. What was your childhood like? <laughs> um, it was fun, I guess. Fun and crazy. I was a little nuts. <laughs> Um, I've calmed down so much. I'm such a, like an old lady compared to the way I used to be. Um, but yeah, it was, I felt like I've always been the underdog. So I don't know. Yeah. What In what way were you crazy? Oh, man. I was a raver for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave that out there. Uh-huh. I never went to a rave, but I came so close multiple times because my very cool friend, Jody. Ooh, Jody, uh, your yeah, cool friend. She's my cool friend who ended up going to like the alternative high school, did not graduate with us. Um, Her boyfriend promoted raves. So I would go with them and like flyer cars at concerts and stuff. And I remember looking at the flyers and they were so colorful and there were so many mushrooms and it it was also (laughs) intimidating. And this was like, you would call a number and then get directions Mm -hmm. to the rave and yeah. I remember hearing of like what the experience of ecstasy that it was called X, not mm-hmm. uh, wait, what do they call it now? E Molly. Right. Yeah. We called it X then. Um, and hearing all about that and like your back will hurt the next day. And your but back I, will I never. Hurt? Yeah. That's, that, have you not heard that? No. Have you heard that, Jeff? No, I never heard that. I always heard that you would grind your teeth a lot. Uh, your yes. jaw would hurt. I made the mistake once of chewing gum while on ecstasy. And that was. The one of the worst things to go through because you're chewing like a maniac. They that's why. You, well, back in the '90s when I was a raver, 
they would just have pacifiers. You would have a pacifier so you can chew on something but not gum. Right. My jaw and head hurt for like a week after the gum incident. But your back was fine. My back was fine. Well, they've changed. So, they've changed the formulation then. So guys, if you're listening, Molly is great for your back. <laughs> it's just murder on everything else. Murder on everything Yeah, else. so I, I never ever went though. I think I, it was beyond like what I could have handled. Don't, yeah, you're, um, you dodged a bullet. Like it's... <laughs> I, I'm I'm so lucky to be sitting here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean it was fun. I still love the music, but I I mean I could never handle like drugs like that anymore. Right. So you're a, a raver for just a moment in the nineties. Just a moment in the nineties. I was also very into ska because I grew up in SoCal, baby. Yeah, same. Really? Mm-hmm. But like really into it like mm, i was i grew up in orange county so oh, yeah. i had to be into yeah, it yeah of course uh and i wrote about music so i interviewed a lot of ska bands i don't know that ska was like the music of my soul but i definitely went to a thousand ska concerts. you did yeah um do you know hepcat i, I know of them i don't really? know them personally yeah okay so one time i i interviewed them for this public access show i didn't know you had a public access I, show i didn't You're like it, i kind of i <laughs> It was like a Wayne's World um, with my co-host, Glenn, and he had me host one show and I interviewed Hepcat and it was so fun and cool. I think I was like 18. But um, what was the name of the show? I'm trying to think. Scobbiz. (laughs) Scobbiz. Wait, do you know Taisy Phillips down in Orange County? Mr. Ska? Yeah. Actually, that's not what he... Oh my God, I haven't heard that name forever. He follows me on Instagram. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, why am I blanking out on the name of his Um, thing? Yeah, he had... uh, A show on KUCI and he also put out a documentary um all the molly i did it as a raver now i can't remember (laughs) and it's just my being old that i can't remember it'll Um, come to me and like tazy phillips and scott parade scott parade yeah there we go yes i had uh monique powell from save ferris on my show recently oh my god yes like a year ago maybe under 21 Mm -hmm. that song yeah i used to see them at the cobalt cafe like deep in the valley because I'm from the 818. Mm-hmm. So wait, were you into, I think you're younger than I am. Were you into No Doubt before they yeah. were No Doubt? Before they were No Doubt. I mean, they Gwen were called was, No Doubt, but before yeah. they were, yeah. before they'd gone Jess Rona viral. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember when Gwen guest sang on a Sublime song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know who these people are. And I felt really cool. <laughs> okay so you're super into ska when did you start playing music embarrassing (laughs) um no one is gonna want to buy this book anymore no Um, sure they will what was the question when did you start playing music i started playing music when i was 14 i just became really when i want to do something i go all in so i was like just trying to learn guitar forever Mm -hmm. and i would sleep with the guitar next to my bed and just try to get good at it right was there was that what musicians were you listening to and into at the time um, Jane's Addiction. Uh, I still time. love Jane's Addiction. Yeah. Have you seen Perry Farrell lately? No. He's had a lot of plastic surgery. Has he? It's kind of shocking. Is, does it look good or bad? I guess anybody who has a lot of plastic surgery probably doesn't look great. It, unless you're a real housewife. Because they look fantastic. They look so good. Wait. How does none of them, none of them have a double chin? And I'm like, how? I mean, yes, you're skinny, but when you're mm-hmm. 50, you're going to have a double chin. Right. Oh, yeah. They get that oh, removed shit, sorry. right Got away. Real heated there. <laughs> um, it's sup- – I was sort of stunned when I saw these pictures of Perry Farrell, like, looking very symmetrical and everything in proportion and – because it's just, like, it doesn't look like him. Yeah. He looks – it looks good, but he w- – 
I just associate him with how he used to look. Yeah. Um, Have you seen Madonna? I feel like I've always sort of seen her. She just looks really like filled up her face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I that just shows the world that you know that you're getting older and you don't like it. Right. My feeling about a lot of that stuff is that it makes you look smoother, but it doesn't make you look younger. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen. And this is as someone who lately has been like, what's going on with the skin around my eyes? Like maybe I've, you know, I never would have considered all that before, but maybe I need to. And I've like, if you you look at my Google history, it's just like Botox, brow lift and like, uh, you know, fracture. Fraxel laser and like it's, I, I feel like I spend all my time just googling that I want to know what will get rid of my double chin I feel like they have they, they have, have something that'll eat it away or something <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a little tiny pac-man that they unleash I feel like there's injections that can like do, do something with that I don't know yeah um wait were you gonna say there's a really good dermatologist yeah do you want to know yes Dr. Fitzgerald in Larchmont okay she's fancy fancy yeah I'm gonna have to look her up yeah um Okay, so you were into Jane's Addiction. Yeah. What other bands? Pearl Jam. Um, who else was I into back then? This is my high school days where I would wear Birkenstocks in the rain because I was like just so cool. Oh, Blind Melon. I was, I was super into Blind Melon. Melon. <laughs> I was super you really? into Blind Melon. Yes. Oh, God. So much so. Shannon I, Hoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. Yeah. Wait, so much so that what? I wrote about them a couple times. Um and I, I interviewed Brad Smith and I think Chris Thorne, but I did not get to interview Shannon Hoon unless I interviewed him on the phone. But just so much so, there was n- just super into them. I had their poster on my wall. I was so bummed when he died. Yeah. It was pretty awful. Red Hot Chili Peppers I was into. Mm-hmm. I was too. Not anymore though. Yeah, not yeah. anymore. I also wore Birkenstocks and those long, flowy, flammable skirts. Yes, me too. Yeah. And With I, like a band shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like a like a long necklace that yeah. that I got from the limited, and I remember <laughs> <laughs> someone referring to me as a hippie, and I was like, "Where are you getting that?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, my Birkenstocks, my flowy skirt, and, your long and my necklace. jam, and listening to jam bands. Yeah, because yeah. then it went off in a jam band direction. Okay, so you started playing guitar. Did you take lessons or anything? Here and there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And at that point, were you wanting to play earnest music? No. I just wanted to be good at the guitar. Mm-hmm. That was it. I would tr- I would try to play like James Taylor songs and just try to get really intricate mm-hmm. Beatles songs. I want to do it more. I miss it. Yeah. I just, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I think about it and I don't play guitar that much anymore. Do you feel like playing guitar a lot blunts the feeling in your fingers that you might need for special grooming? No. No. It's not like that. No. But I do feel the dog through my shears. Mm-hmm. Like um, my shears have become, but that's my right hand. And with the guitar, the calluses are on your left. Right. But when I do groom, and as any groomer will tell you, if you're grooming for 20 years, which I've been, you can, the shears kind of become an extension of your hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. It's really cool. I'm trying to teach Christine that to like feel through the shears Mm -hmm. that way you can't really cut a dog have you ever oh yeah i've cut i mean after doing this for this long you're gonna make mistakes Mm -hmm. i yeah they're traumatizing yeah especially someone like me who's like so sensitive Mm -hmm. and like all these dogs are my babies but i'm like if i hurt anybody like even by accident and the dogs usually don't care it's like a little whatever Mm -hmm. but i'll lose sleep over it yeah i um 
Thank God it hasn't happened in a long time. I could never trim my dog's claws, even though I can see like very clearly where is okay to cut. For Mm -hmm. some reason, it always makes me so anxious. I get it. I I sometimes think like, how would I be if I wasn't a groomer? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I would I would be overprotective. I mean, I am overprotective, but like, I I don't know if I would be the type of person that would trim the bangs. Like some of my clients do that. But yeah, I, I don't think I could trim nails if I didn't really know what I was doing. So the way I first met you, um, I knew that we needed to take Wendy to a groomer and Elizabeth Lame posted something on her Instagram with a picture of her dog saying that, um, you know, she'd just come from Jess Rona, who's like a, you know, I don't know if she actually referred to you as a dog whisperer, but like you have this magical ability to calm dogs and her dog won't let anyone brush her. I really? think, I think that's what she's something like that, but I she'll let you. So much. Yeah. Ruby, Ruby right? Yeah. Um, so I emailed Elizabeth cause I think everyone knows I even, I was much worse. I, I've come a long way, but I was so afraid of letting anyone handle my dog and take care of my dog. Cause we'd had such a, you know, a traumatic experience before with all of our dog, Oliver, before we had Wendy. Um, so anyway, I, I reached out to Elizabeth and I was like, what you like? And, and she said all that stuff about you that like, you just have this magic way about you and blah, blah, blah. So then I brought Wendy to you and thank you for being patient with me because I was such a mess that first Were time. You? I think I was. Yeah. I was like, but the thing is like, if you think you're such a mess, I am too. So it's like, I can always be like, I get it. Like, I'm just like you. So it didn't affect me, just so you know. Okay, good. Thank you very much. (laughs) How did you get into dog grooming? So my mom had cats. We just had cats growing Mm -hmm. up. And her cats were so picky that she had to go to PetSmart to get a specific cat food. So she would drive all the way to Reseda to get this cat food. And they had a help wanted sign. And I needed a car. And I was like 18. And so she said, you should apply and get a job there. And so I went to PetSmart and they had all these different jobs that you could do, like work in aquatics or work as a cashier. And then I saw dog bather on the list of jobs. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's not very nine to (laughs) five-y. You know, that's like a cool, weird job. Okay, I'll do that. So then I just started bathing dogs. Wait, would would working in aquatics have been corporate? (laughs) Corporate and nine to five-y? No, but like it just, that's funny. But like, no, it's just, it just didn't catch me. Right. Yeah, no, aquatics, yeah. Fuck reptiles. Yeah. So cold <laughs> yeah. blooded. Yeah. So um sorry I interrupted you. Just and we earlier oh. I have to let the audience in on this. Earlier we were talking about the art of interviewing. Yeah. And you were saying that it's Because like, you're so good at it. Thank you. But it's sort of like when and also you were saying that like some interviewers, you know, interrupt all the time, blah blah blah. And it's sort of like when you have a conversation about eye contact and then all of a sudden you're so hyper aware mm-hmm. of your own eye contact. Cause I was like, Oh no, I hope this doesn't make me super aware of not how much I'm talking and how much I'm not. And it, and it is. <laughs> I'm aware of it too right okay. now. Like I just interrupted you and I was like, Oh, but it's okay. But this is a, it's a conversation. Yeah. yeah. So it's fine. it's fine. But anyway, I dis- I distracted you from what you're saying, which is you chose dog groomer because it wasn't nine to five. And yeah. It was a cool job. Yeah. And I remember her- dog bather. Yeah. I remember my my manager was like, can you go put this lead on the lab in the back and bring him out? And I was like, hold on. Okay, what's a lead and what's a lab? Like, that's how much I knew about dogs because I grew up with cats. I knew nothing about dogs. I'd never had one. And so I just had to work from zero. And that was so long ago. 
did you oh I should probably elaborate hold on so yeah <laughs> so I was a bather for like two years I worked the front desk at many grooming salons. I've worked at like every grooming shop in the Valley growing up in Mm -hmm. my 20s. Um, I worked as a daycare attendant, picking up pee and poop and writing little reports on the dogs. I was used to make like (laughs) funny reports, like making the dogs into humans. Uh And like, this one said this about this one. Like, I just was so bored working in there. I would like sweep hair. I would be a bather. Like, I've done every job related to grooming and dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, and so over the years, slowly, I started learning, you know, pads, nails, what's a schnauzer cut, what's, you know, what is breed standard, all this stuff. And so over the years, it just kind of organically, gradually, I started grooming dogs. Mm-hmm. Did you fall in love with dogs at a certain point? Yeah. I think once I got lucky, I have his name tattooed. Mm-hmm. He's like my, what was your dog? Oliver. Oliver. He's like my Oliver, like your firstborn, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, He was the one, he was my first dog. And I, he was just, you know, when you have that one dog, that's just like your best friend. They're just so well behaved and so sweet and perfect. I mean, I have Choopy now Mm -hmm. and she's like my new lucky, (laughs) but um, like, I love her so much. And Mimu's cool too. You know, he's there. (laughs) He's there. He's just, you know. Poor (laughs) Mimu. Um. (laughs) but yeah so i think lucky made me really fall in love with dogs Mm -hmm. i mean he was just like one of the loves of my life what kind was he he's a spaniel mix with one eye oh yeah so now every time i see a one-eyed dog i kind of think it's like my little omen yeah um what happened how did he pass yeah he was just super old i mean i had him he was actually left at a grooming shop i was working at and i just waited for his parents to come home to come home to come there and mm-hmm. pick him up and they never came i was sitting with him on the floor just waiting for them and they never showed up and then i just took him home with me because i didn't want to like what am i supposed to do right leave him overnight yeah. yeah and so he was cool he had seizures he was nervous and i tried to find his owners and i went to their house by myself which mm-hmm. now i'm like what the hell was i thinking <laughs> But they moved. They moved the day they brought him. And I remember the woman carrying him in, and he had all these fleas, and mm. she was just carrying him in like she didn't even care. Mm-hmm. Well, she, they, their intention obviously was to leave to him, To just right? leave him, yeah. That's so shitty. So shitty. Oh, my God. People are so shitty. I hear the worst stuff from, he's a rescue, and this is how we got him. I hear that story all the time, and I'm like, my mind's blown at how horrible people are with dogs. How old was he, do you think, when? I think he was five. So he had potentially so had him had for five. 10 years. Wow, that's a long, that's a good long life. Um, but wait, you think he had been with these people who didn't care for him know. well for, I don't know, and they made me do an ugly haircut. What did they want? They wanted a cocker cut, but at the time I didn't know what that was, so I just shaved his back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was when I first started grooming dogs. I didn't right. know anything. Um, and he just looked like, he didn't look cute. So wait, is this the direction that they gave on the day that they left him there? Yeah. I feel like kind of should be like groomer's choice if he's not your dog anymore. I guess they didn't want people to. That's so awful. How did you find out they moved? I went to their house and I went, it was like a condo, like a condominium, like, I don't know, community. Mm -hmm. And I went to whatever the management office was. And I said like 312 or whatever it was. And they're like, oh, they moved two weeks ago. And that was when I... That's how long I had had him. Right. Like and I you was been, just and bringing been him back to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this was so long ago that I could have facts wrong, but this is how I remember it. That's so crazy. I know. It's so crazy. When did you um, 
realized that you wanted to be a performer? Oh, my God. I've been a ham since I was a kid. Forever. I was always chubby and funny. I was like class clown. I would just try to do anything to make people laugh all the time. Mm-hmm. That's So I've always just been like that. But I always thought, oh, I'm too chubby to be an actress. I can't do it because I'm like, you know, actresses are skinny and I'm not. Mm-hmm. So I would always just, you know, be on the glass looking in. That's how, like when I said earlier that I felt like I was an underdog, it's just because I had this thing in my head that, oh, actresses are skinny, mm-hmm. so you can't do it. And I, I feel like that's a common thing for kids to think. But yeah. I was just too shy and afraid to be out you know on stage but i wanted it so bad Mm -hmm. but yeah i just held back okay so you grew up in the valley did um did you have siblings yeah i have an older sister Mm -hmm. oh right shout out allison yeah (laughs) um and what do your parents do my mom is a bookkeeper and she has a business aj business services named after me and my sis and then my father was a chemist but he passed away Mm. yeah how old were you when he passed away 26 so not a kid but that's still awful right yeah yeah it's nuts yeah um grew up in the valley and where'd you go to college um i kind of went to smc i should mention i barely graduated high school i was such a bad student I was just thinking, man, I have so much homework now that I'm older Mm -hmm. with my book and all this other stuff. I would have, I mean, I would be a great student now, but I was just a horrible student. I had to take night classes and summer school just to graduate high school. And I kind of went to SMC, Santa Monica College. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I did one semester at College of the Canyons, but no, I didn't really go to college. Right. Well, so when did you... So take me through. Okay, you graduate high school, barely graduate high school. <laughs> yeah, I would ditch. Sort of. I was to- a bad kid. <laughs> you sound like a fun bad kid. Though. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Because I was kind of a nerd, and I don't even. I mean, I, I was envy a good- the nerds because I envy- and I was a dork, a nerd and a dork. Were you the type of person that like something shitty could happen in front of you, but you like wouldn't have to say anything? Does that make sense? Like if something happened. Like some wrong thing was happening in front of you, some argument or something. Are you the type of person that would just be like, that's none of my business. I'm not going to say anything like with that kind of self-control? No, I. <clears throat> or would me. you like chime in and be like, that's wrong? Do you know what? I, am I? Yeah, I there's a I'm third option, which oh, okay. is I'm afraid to speak up. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to watch this happen. But it's tearing me apart inside because there's injustice. Oh, <laughs> I okay. was that like I was okay. shy. Which is weird because I was a ham when I was a kid, but then I was also chubby and I was, I was fat. I was more than just chubby. I was fat too. And I didn't want to say fat because I don't know if that's like PC or whatever. I feel like that term has been reclaimed. Really? Yeah. And I know what you mean though. I was the chubby is a cute term. Also like just really quick, my mom's sister passed away and her son came to live with us and he would call me fat all the time. So that didn't help the self-esteem growing up. Right. So it would like, you know, it was a little, I I think it was a little abusive Mm -hmm. now that I like look back. Right. How old uh, was he and how old were you when he came to live with you? I was eight. He was 11. Mm -hmm. And then he lived with us until he was 17 where he got kicked out. He was just like really bad, bad, bad bad guy what'd he do that get him got him kicked out oh man he was just like selling drugs and just oh, like wow. that kind of guy mm-hmm. yeah and this is a raver saying he was bad right so. <laughs> i didn't become a raver till i was like 20 oh, okay that's more age appropriate um but well, wait you were gonna say something about being like, fat or like talking about injustice and like 
it, and just like being too afraid to say something. Yeah. I, so I was hammy when I was young, like really hammy. And then I became really shy and worried about like where worried about just all sort of social situations and self-conscious and all of that stuff. And that lasted for a while. So I yeah. I have that. Do you still have that? At times. Less so than I used to. I mean, yeah. it was all the time. It was all the time in high school. Yeah. And it's, I don't really have it so much anymore. Um, occasionally a situation will make me um, sh- self-conscious or nervous, but in general, I don't. You feel like okay. you have it all the time? Sometimes I get in my head like, oh man, I shouldn't have said that. Or, oh, I'll, I often do that. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, my whole point of that was because like I'm the type of person that has to do the right thing and be like, and just speak up. Mm -hmm. And I think I got in trouble all the time for my mouth and my attitude growing up. Right. So I In trouble at school or at home too? Both. I was just always grounded, always in trouble, always doing wrong things. Just, I don't know. It's interesting though, because I hear that and I think someone who has to speak up when they see something wrong happening, that's According to me. (laughs) Do you you feel like you had a, a... a skewed perspective? Or Maybe. Do you feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel, feel like, like I perceptive? had a mouth on me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was my point. Yeah. But I still, and yeah, you might've just heard my stomach growl. That was weird. It, the mic might've picked it up. I don't know. Are you um, hungry? My body is saying I am. Yeah. <laughs> I guess then, I am yeah. a little bit. Maybe I am. <laughs> I'm someone who lives in my head, not in my body. Yeah. Um, I hear what you're saying about it being like I'm having a mouth on you thing, but still I think someone who has to speak up when they see injustice, I think that's a good quality. Yeah. Do you not? I think in certain situations, it's hard when you're married Mm -hmm. and you have a mouth and you have to say everything. Like I have a friend that is so good at just like not nagging and not saying like, anything about the dishes like oh he didn't do the dishes it's all right i'll just do it i'm like wait how, how and do she you... doesn't get resentful i don't know maybe a little bit but i don't know how to not say something mm-hmm. i don't even know why we're talking about this but no i, I just... like this yeah, i like you? this yeah let's talk about this okay um also i should mention my mom is from brooklyn and she just has i'm very much like her mm-hmm. and it's just like that brooklyn mentality of like just you know say it speak up you know like that kind of thing but i think in a relationship not saying stuff is all you can definitely I think communicating is good and what you're talking about is communicating yeah I guess it's just more like what the sort of how you say something or choosing when to say it yeah because I have trouble not saying stuff too really at the beginning I had trouble saying stuff um but then you get resentful if you don't say it no I think I I didn't feel at the beginning like when we were we were dating and the early parts of the relationship I was always worried about rocking the boat. And oh. I was, I for so long had been that person who, first of all, felt like people were doing a favor to me if they were going out with me. And I also felt like I'm going to be the cool girlfriend who like isn't bothered by anything. Oh, and I yes. was always going to be the cool girl. I'm I like, that's be cool. That like, yeah. you, you, don't want, you don't want anything serious. You just want to sleep around. Like, yes. that's cool. That's what I want too. Even oh, though I God. secretly think you like me, even though you're letting me know this doesn't mean anything. But like, I, like I never believed what guys said about their intentions. And and I the funny thing is it sounds when you say that it sounds like 
guys are saying that their intentions are pure, but they aren't. I'm saying guys would be straight up about like their intentions being for this just to be casual. And I would even convince like, them and myself. That's not true. And we both know it, but we're right, not going to say anything. Right. I truly I I always did that. Did that. <laughs> I always did that. And then you fell in love with these guys. Always. And they broke your heart because yeah. you're like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I should have listened to the exact thing that you said to me. It took me years to realize that usually they don't lie about that. They mean it. Yeah, they mean it. Yeah. I feel like that's like a chubby girl thing. You think? Well, for me it was. Look, we both know you're just too afraid to be in love, but we know that you're in love. Yes! Oh my God. (laughs) They don't want to scare me off. Oh my God. And I also dated dumb comedians. Sorry guys, you're not dumb, but comedians that are just like, oh man, they're just so fucked up. I always, comedy guys don't I, date a comedy guy i never dated comedy guys i always dated musicians oh i also don't i wouldn't necessarily are recommend they, that are, i think they're in this a yeah. similar category of just like unavailable yes <laughs> yes although my husband is kind of, I, I i don't want to call him a comedy guy but he's an actor and a funny one but um he's a good one and you have a good one too i do have a good one how did you meet yours at a comedy show. <laughs> um, I was doing improv at IO with his friend's improv team. And I had a monthly show there. And he went to go see his friend's show. And if you talk to him now or ever, he hates going to see comedy shows. It was just like he just wanted to go out and have some drinks and hang out. And so he saw me on stage and fell in love with my sparkle. Oh, that's so <laughs> sweet. Is this relationship markedly different than the ones you've had before yes i mean he is the guy i remember just dreaming of this perfect man um you know no one's perfect but like i was like this is the kind of guy i want and i kind of just put it out there and he i had been friends with him for a few years i shot him down forever and then (laughs) oh after he'd seen your sparkle yeah after (laughs) am i an asshole for saying no i think that's funny (laughs) on the drive home i'm gonna be like why did i say that no um no um but yeah he he wanted to be more than friends, and that's when I kind of felt it, but I wasn't into it. I was still chasing after these dum-dums that were unavailable, <laughs> and he was he he was too nice. You know, I wanted an asshole, I guess, mm-hmm. at the time. I wasn't ready for the, the realness of that relationship. So it's after a few years of him being like the sweetest, kindest, gentlest, most amazing man um, – I went away to Amsterdam with some friends and was partying and stuff, and I just missed him. And he just wouldn't return any text or phone call, and I and he like ghosted me. What? Yeah, <laughs> I guess because he was just he didn't want to just be friends with me. Yeah. Um. And then when he started to kind of treat me like shit and not respond, I was like, "Well, you're just like every other guy." Yeah. And then I was like, "But." Uh, <sighs> do I have feelings for this guy? You know, it's so interesting that that tactic worked. It worked. He played some games with me. Now that I know, mm-hmm. he played some games and it worked. And it's okay. Does he say that? Like, did he do that because mm-hmm. because he was thinking that that was like was he trying to play games or was he just like no. I have to be done? He, he, I think he said I had to be done to himself because mm-hmm. he didn't want another friend, right? But he did play a game once when we were we had a part. I had a party. I used to I used to live right behind Gelson's um, on Bronson and Franklin, mm-hmm. and it was just right by UCB. And I would just like party all the time. It was the first floor, so we had this whole backyard. Um, and I had a barbecue, and he came over, and 
I had some people crash at my house and he asked if he can crash there because he was too drunk to drive. I didn't know he lived walking distance. <laughs> and also, I had two couches, one long big couch and one like love seat couch. And he insisted my friends take the big my friend take the big couch and he insisted on taking the small couch. And I was like, "Are you sure you're 6'4?" He's a big guy. You've met him, right? I know what he looks like, but I think that's just because I know his name from following you. I don't think I've actually met him. His name's Eric Edelstein, Mm -hmm. if anyone's curious, but he's 6'4". He's a huge guy. And so he insisted on taking the couch and I was like, oh man, like really, like I felt bad for him. I was like, if you want to sleep in my bed, you can't. I knew him for years. Mm -hmm. Like he was my friend. Right. I was like, you can sleep in my bed, but don't try anything. Um, And so he slept in my bed and we snuggled. And I was like, you're too drunk to like, I'm not going to like do anything. But, you know, if you want to take me out, maybe like next week we can do something. It was the snuggle that that turned you around. He felt so good. He felt so, I was like, damn, this feels good. <laughs> he's so snuggly. If you ever get a chance to hug him, I mean, he's just a, the huggiest, snuggliest person on the planet. Now um, I want to hug him. You got to hug him. Mm-hmm. And he smells delicious. What does he smell like? I mean, he just smells like Old Spice and like just legend. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but um, it turns out he wasn't drunk that night. <laughs> oh, my God. What a good actor. <laughs> right? What a deceitful, well, I mean, I was guy. <laughs> deceitful, snuggly guy. Yeah. Oh, that'll go on his... I don't know his bio. Um, <laughs> right, deceitful yet snuggly. Was he acting drunk or do you not? Remember? I was drunk. Right. I think I was drunk or something. I was yeah. I think I had been drinking. So I yeah. I I don't. I didn't know. I didn't think he would lie. But it's a funny lie. But it worked because he took me out. I needed to get a plant for my mom's birthday, so we went to Home Depot. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I remember, this is, I already started feeling like I might have started having feelings for him. And he, after we were done at Home Depot, he took the cart and brought it all the way back. And I was like, that's a good guy. That's a good guy. And I, I do tell that story because it's like, it, it says a lot about you if you're going to not be lazy and take the cart right. back. It does. Same with how people treat uh, servers at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Yeah. I waited tables for a long time. You did? Here or in New York? Both. I worked at the Stanton Social in New York, which is... If you can go there, get their pierogies. They're so good. Every time I go to New York, I have to get their pierogies. Stanton Social, I think I wrote about that for Time Out in New York, wasn't it? Did it have like different levels? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that was still there. Yeah. That's very cool. I was just there like a few weeks ago. Um, But yeah, I waited tables for six years and I stopped grooming for a while. But yeah. Did you lose your sparkle when you stopped grooming? <laughs> have I if ever it's... lost my sparkle? <laughs> I actually know. I'm sorry. It's a dumb question. <laughs> yeah. Stop asking did me dumb questions. Did you miss grooming? Yeah, I did. I did. And I remember thinking, damn, I don't want to wait tables anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to get really into grooming. I want to get really good at it. And that's when I moved back from New York to LA. This was about nine years ago. And I just started taking classes like crazy watching videos just asking questions i found some mentors there's this guy jay scruggs he's like one of the big groomers also the grooming world is huge and there's like groom team usa with competitive groomers that travel internationally we just won the gold in this huge competition why is there not a reality show about this well or I'm is there? A scripted show. oh yeah i know but i'm saying yeah. there should be a reality show too there has been a reality show with creative grooming mm-hmm but it's. I don't think there's been a reality show about. If it's done well and right, it can be really great. That's what I'm trying to do. 
creative grooming is where they turn dogs into like buffaloes. Oh. And color them. Mm-hmm. And what's the other kind of grooming called? I would say it's just like breed standard AKC proper grooming. So I just glossed right by the fact that you said we won the gold. Oh, you're USA. on this team? I'm oh, not oh, okay. on this team. <laughs> I am not. I'm a pet groomer. Mm-hmm. The, I, I just, I think I do pet grooming beautifully because I have to keep in mind style and fun, but also function. But these, you know, grooming competitions are full-blown like show grooming. Could you do that though? I've competed three times, yeah. And I've I've placed, I have not won ever. It's a lot of work. It's a mm-hmm. lot of prep. You have to prep the dog for six weeks of growth. You have to have six weeks of growth. And it's just, it's a lot of work. And are the dogs always cooperative? Competitive, like competition dogs are so used to it. They don't, yeah. And mm-hmm. a lot of them belong to the groomers. Groomers will get a competition dog and just have them as their dog. Right. Mostly dogs who are groomed regularly are cool with it. That's, Do you, go ahead. I was just going to say like, that's why a lot of my dogs are so chill mm-hmm. it's because they're, they're there every month or every two weeks. Some of them, some of them once a week, like right. it's. They're so used to it. Once a week, mm-hmm, girl. What? <laughs> what? What situation would need would <clears throat> make someone want to have their dog groomed once a week? I mean, it's not a haircut once a week, but it's a bath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's pretty smart. I mean, I bathe Mimu like every week to two weeks. Yeah. Because he gets he's white and he gets tear stains and he gets dirty. Right. Yeah. Is that your stomach again? Yes. I heard it. <laughs> it's it's definitely adding to the conversation. When you went to New York. Uh, what what made you go to New York? Um, I wanted to get a video of Taylor Schilling holding my book. She's oh, a friend oh, of mine. No, and, <laughs> and I was like, can you, can I do this? And I don't want to ask favors of my friends that have, you know, fans. Mm-hmm. But I was like, would you maybe want to just like do a fun little video? I'll go, I'll come to you. It'll be fun. And so going to New York in January is super cheap. It was like 300 bucks round trip. It was just not crazy. I saw that video. I loved that. No, I meant when you moved to New York. Oh, why did I move to New York? Oh, I thought you went, why did I just go there for Stan Social? Right. And Taylor Schilling. (laughs) Um, I moved there because I wanted to just get out of LA. Mm -hmm. I think growing up here, everybody is from somewhere else. And I wanted to be from somewhere else. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And then how many years were you there? I was there for almost two years. Then you came back to get into dog grooming. Well, when did... Because you bet you were on New Girl. Yeah. And... One Mississippi. One Mississippi. Yeah. And you you direct, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, like, in the biz. When did, when did... When and how did that happen? So the New Girl thing happened through dog grooming, weirdly. I groomed the dogs of the casting director of New Girl. And... Um, and she just called me in and I booked a little guest star. But also um, my music videos got me uh, my manager, gotcha. which is really you do cool. Really, your music videos, the ones that you sent me, are so well done. I mean, they're really funny and they're just shot so well and they're so well done. Thank you. Um, shout out to Sammy Cohen and Milana Vintroop. They're my my muses that mm-hmm. help me with all that shit. Um, but yeah, they uh, a girl who wrote and sold a pilot to Fox – um, she messaged me on Facebook after seeing one of her friends share my music video. I think it was the, oh shit, we forgot about Jess Rona mm-hmm. music video. Check it out. It's on YouTube. Um, but she, she said, this is very unconventional, but I don't think you have reps and I can't find how to reach you. Can you come audition for this? And so I went and I auditioned and I got to improvise. Um, 
And I feel like I just kind of crushed it in the room because I never get that opportunity to audition. Right. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. I get to improvise. I get to do this. It's so fun and cool. And so she messaged her um, her manager uh, and and her, she's like, this is this girl has no reps. You should meet with her, blah, blah, blah. So I was able to get a manager through my music video. That's so, so that's cool. how I kind of broke into the biz that way. Right. How did you get I'm, I'm toggling back and forth between dogs and comedy and music. Me um, too. Story of my life. <laughs> well, this is not the question I was going to ask, but I'll ask this. Does it ever happen that you get a call for an audition or some opportunity and you can't do it because you've got to groom dogs? Yes. That was a big problem mm-hmm. with my last place that I worked at. It's kind of like why I wanted to work from home because I wanted to set my own schedule because I was always having to leave for commercial auditions, which they'll tell you the day of or the day before. It's like you have to be in Santa Monica at three and you're like, fuck, I have a roster of dogs that I have to groom today. Um, And I just kept... Okay, I'm going to say some All sorts words. of sounds are... That That was my throat. That came out of my throat. And this is now Jeff making gross sounds. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> sorry, you guys. Throat. Throat. Something in my throat. Okay. Oh, there I go again. Okay. That, I actually do have something in my throat. Okay. You were saying... Can you just follow me around with those, with those sounds? Um, I just want the applause. Oh, sorry. That was me. Um... <laughs> Thanks, you guys. So cool you have an audience in here. Isn't it great? Yeah. It's weird. Like, you don't even notice them when you come in, and then, and then there they there are. I hear them, yeah. Yeah. Same with an STD. <laughs> okay. Um, where were we? What were you saying? You were saying that you get a call for an audition at, like, 3 p.m. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to groom from home because I keep I kept, like, having to, to bounce in the middle of the day, and my boss was like, this is not working. I, I am a difficult person to work for someone else. So I wanted to because of your schedule or just be, because of my mouth. Okay, <laughs> my the mouth. And as you know, I'm so particular and so such a perfectionist with my grooming that I would take forever, and it was just it was just hard to work for someone else. Yeah. How did you get your celebrity uh, clients? Okay, so as you know, my husband's an actor, and so uh, he has a lot of fancy friends. So like Jake Johnson, who's on New Girl, mm-hmm. um, is one of my husband's best friends. And I started grooming his dogs and Zoe Deschanel's dogs and the hair and makeup people and everybody on New Girl. So when I booked that guest spot, it had nothing to do with them. But I knew everyone. And it was like heaven for That's a day. so cool. Um, and then I went to a party at um, one of Eric's friends' house houses. And Sarah from Tegan and Sarah was there. And I was like, I love you so much. And I kind of geeked out for a minute because I really love the band. I love the music so much. And I was like, I'm such a fan. And I think she kind of knew I wasn't insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of wanted to tell her I'm a fan. And I just like left her alone. And then I got um, – I showed her – like we started talking and stuff. And I showed her my Instagram because I had maybe like 10,000 followers at the time. And I was like, this is like this thing I do. And because we were just get, getting to know each other. And so she messaged me on Twitter and she's like, hey, um, I want to hear more about like your dog grooming and pop music and all this stuff. Like, let's get a drink. And then she shared my Instagram, a screenshot of my Instagram on her Instagram. Can I, can, can I just like not say the word Instagram anymore? It'd be hard <laughs> to follow what you're saying. <laughs> um. And so that kind of once like one kind of celebrity or famous person shares my stuff, mm-hmm. you know, 
celebrities know celebrities. So it kind of just like snowballed from there. And then you had people asking if you could do their dogs. Mm -hmm. Oh, and so I met, so I went to a party at Sarah's house and Katie's assistant, Tamara was there. Katie Perry. Yes. Katie Perry's assistant, Tamara, was at this party because she's friends with Tegan and Sarah because Tegan and Sarah opened for Katie Perry. Mm-hmm. So um, so I got to know Tamara and she was like, oh, this is Jess. She's a groomer. She directed our music video. And Tamara has this cute poodle, ca- cavalier poodle named Butters. And so I groomed Butters and I made a little video. And then Katie was like, can, I, can you groom my dog? And so there it is. Yeah. And I think you... Unless I tuned out for a second, which is would not be something a good interviewer would do. I think you glossed over directing Tegan and Sarah's video. Yeah, yes. I, um, they approached me to direct a music video in the style of my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And they said, you have complete creative freedom. You can, you can hire whoever you want and just make this song. Uh, here's the song. They, they asked a bunch of artists to make different music videos for each song. And so they asked me and I was like, are you kidding? And they're like, you can <laughs> totally say no. And I was like, you know, if they were in front of me, I would have grabbed them by the collar and said, are you serious? Of course I want to do this. <laughs> That's so cool. Were I you mean, nervous? Yeah. My friend Sammy Cohen had to like be there the whole way and, and hold my <laughs> hand the whole time. She's, she's an amazing director and she inspires me so much. And now you don't take, you, you don't take any more dog clients. You're full. I'm pretty full. Yeah. I want to open up a commercial space at some point and expand and be open to the public Mm -hmm. and it's going to happen. But uh, for now, I'm very limited to how many clients I can take. How did you realize that you were at that point? That I can't take anymore? Yeah. Um, I had to, I used to be able to take clients from Instagram and just like, if people would message me, I'd say, yeah, come over. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, this is, I got a couple crazies. And then I was like, okay, I gotta, I can't do oh, this. What kind of crazy? Oh my God. This one woman, she has, uh, I don't even want to talk about her. She's just Okay. Nuts. You don't have to. She's just, yeah. She yeah. like didn't pay me and she would complain, not, not complained about the haircut. She said I was great, but that she didn't want to pay me because mm-hmm. she couldn't afford it. And she got an allowance from her mom and. This whole, like, just woman was just nuts. Low energy. Did you say no energy? Low energy. Low energy. Yeah. You know you can, like, read energy on people? I would think nuts would be high energy. (laughs) She's different kind of low energy nuts. Pema Chodron is high energy. All right. You know know Pema Chodron? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I when things fall apart, is that her book? Uh Uh-huh. Does she have a podcast as well? No, I wish. Okay. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider that book high energy. I just say like high frequency. Oh, okay. oh yes. Yes. That makes I sh- sense. I guess I should change the word. Wendy's here. Wendy's here. She's <laughs> she so did. happy. Wait. So when she came up to me and was excited to see me, is she like that with everyone or does she remember me? No, she remembers you. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. No, she's usually that like kind of uh, barks at them and is very unsure of them. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh. like wants to go out with the dog walker she wouldn't uh yeah so when jess arrived wendy followed you into the little studio area i was hoping it's because she yeah no she me. definitely remembers you but some dogs do that and then i'm like oh is this like for me or do they just do this with everyone and right. they're like no they do it with everyone i'm like oh okay that's cool oliver did this with everyone he was very outgoing and not shy at all wendy is very picky and uh she's going, going to get water now Such and I think she'll come say hi later and then uh, as soon as she barks i will have to take her in another room yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah because she uh she can interrupt the flow of a podcast yeah i get it sorry now i'm distracted by wendy i feel like i was 
It's right on the verge of something. Well, we were talking about important. like 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 why I can't. Oh, we were talking about high clients. and low energy. Yeah, and 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 vibrations and all that. Like, I feel like you're fairly new agey and into oh, all that stuff. Yes, I'm crazy. I'm so into it. Who I'm, are you into? I'm really into Jen Sincero. I right don't now. even know who that is. You are a badass. The book. What? What? You don't I know it? A, I want to be a badass. They sell it at Whole Foods. Like, it's everywhere. Okay, so she has two... Whole Foods doesn't carry the kind of diet soda and artificial sweetener I need. This is understandable. I get it. Yeah. Okay, so fuck Whole Foods. But it's everywhere. It's... Um, Jen Sincero. Yes. Is this a man or a woman? It's a man. Okay. Jennifer. Jen. Um, she wrote one... She wrote You Are a Badass, and she also wrote You Are a Badass at Making Money, and... The making money can be, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to think of it as just money. You can think of it as energy. But uh, I prefer that book to the, the money your, one. Yeah, the money one. And I listened to the audi- the audible book, mm-hmm. the audio book. Sure. Yeah. Jeff, have you, you're sort of a little bit into this world. Are, have you heard of Jensen Chero? I have the audio book on my phone. <gasps> All right. Yay. I haven't listened to it. I need her to write a book to motivate me to listen to her book. <laughs> you are a badass at listening to you are a badass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I also just love how she writes. She just kind of writes like she's your friend and and I just like her style and it's very relatable and easy and I mean I'm a huge fan of hers. She's changed my life. Totally changed my life. Um yeah, she's my my big one right now. I need to get into her. You got to get in. I always could use life changing. Mm-hmm. Not from Marie Kondo though. No, fuck that. I can't do it. I can't either. She's insane. Okay, I read the beginning of her book. She's like, I used to come home from school and rearrange my sock drawer. That's <laughs> OCD. That's like a complete... Yes, you right. went on the right path and now you have a book and you're famous and you have a million dollars. But that is... Yeah. That's... I mean, I would be concerned. Oh, I think... Her book is the one where she would also like throw out her siblings' belongings, right? <laughs> yeah. And they would yeah. get upset with her. Like, that's a problem. Yeah. But, you know, Agreed. God bless, love and light. Right. She turned her passion into her, into, yeah. her energy money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had to turn any dogs away? Yes. Why? Like, like clients break up with them or just like not be able to groom dogs? No, I mean break up with clients. Yes. Oh, I meant because of the dog though, but because of the client too. Yeah. I had a client that would always give me a matted dog, just tangled and matted every time. I bought her tools. I and like she paid for them, but like I would go out and get them for her. Mm-hmm. I would explain to her how to brush. I would just coach her and every time the dog was matted and it wouldn't matter if she was like, yeah, just shave it off, whatever. She was like, no, I cannot have a short dog, a short haired dog. Right. What kind you of ha- dog was this? It was or like a big boofy Bichon mix. Mm-hmm. And it was just always mad. And I would just have to just have this conversation, go in circles. I, I need to shave your dog. No, I can't. Well, then brush your dog. Well, okay. And here it's just like right. a circle. And finally, I was like, I don't think I'm the right groomer for you. Did she take it okay? I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's not your problem at that point. No. Well, now I feel... Uh, slightly called out even though i know that was not your intention because wendy is often her ears are often matted when we bring her to you oh my god no that is not a big deal you don't care if i shave out anything that's true if you were like you need to detangle those mats every time and i can't handle you shaving it that would be like a problem because i would say then you need to take care of it right so it was that kind of dynamic where she couldn't handle the 
the length of fur (laughs) and I had to constantly and the dogs sitting there getting dematted all the time. That must be uncomfortable for them, right? That's always my because I know that there was a time. Um, yeah, where I was like, you can just shave them. And actually, Jay was able to pull them out. But I wondered. We have tools that cut through mats. So it's not like we're going to hurt the dog. Right. Um, we have techniques and ways to make it not painful. But if the matting is so bad all over the body, we're not going to sit there and demat the entire body. If it's right. like one little section or the tail or the legs or something, it's not the, the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But if it's like a badly matted dog everywhere, we have to we, we're not going to shave. We can't. We have to shave it. Have you ever had aggressive dogs? Oh, yeah. I just, I I got so cocky in the last few years. Like, oh, man, I'm a dog whisperer. I can handle anything, any dog. I had two dogs come over and I could not handle them. And they were insane. Usually if a dog is aggressive, it's out of fear. Mm-hmm. And I can try to communicate with them through my energy and through just techniques I've picked up over the years of, I I see you. I know you're scared. Trust me. And I'm going to trust you. It's kind of psychological with mm-hmm. dogs. Is that like a – you mean you try to project that or you actually say that? Oh, I project it. Um, dogs are just energy readers. And if you have a weird energy, they pick up on it. So I wanted to say, I'm confident you can trust me. I see you. I see you're scared. And I'm going to – and I know that. And I'm not going to hurt you and you need to trust me. Like that's what I need to communicate with the dogs. And you can't get to that point unless you've been doing it forever. So to new groomers, if anyone here is listening that's a new groomer, it takes so long to get to that point. But anyway, I was communicating my ass off to this one dog. (laughs) Here I am thinking I'm the coolest. And then I could not handle it. I had to muzzle the dog, attacking everything. And usually a dog will attack and and just warn and attack Mm -hmm. and and like go out like – like go through the this the fear, like have a panic and go through it, and and then we can meet at the other side. Right, kind of like a human's panic attack. Mm-hmm. You have to get through it and then see the other side. Because if you stop or do something in in the middle of it, that's kind of like where the brain stays in a weird way. Right. So, I was like, all right, well, just have a panic, just like get through it, and I'll, I'll be here. And I just stayed calm. This dog did not stop. It just. Sh- never stopped attacking didn't ever get to the other side right it was like an hour of me working with this dog and i was like i don't have time for this so but now when you say attacking do you mean like actually biting you or like i took a video of it for the owner to show her like girl so she was the dog was trying to bite you or was biting you bite is an understatement the dog was viciously attacking me in the brush was this a small dog yeah okay because i feel like if it was was a big dog there would be a different conversation happening because yeah i have yeah be injured yeah i well this dog could have easily injured me but we have something called a groomer's helper Mm -hmm. that um dogs have a noose on the grooming table and it's kind of like i don't know how to explain it for just the ears but it's a basically a clasp that clasps from the noose to a pole so that the dogs can't spin around right i don't know if that makes sense but i think most people would know what a groomer's table looks like yeah yeah so if the dog can't spin to bite you right you don't really need a muzzle protected yeah but if like this dog was so vicious that like i couldn't i had to muzzle her Mm. and i just was like i'm just gonna just let her get through it but she never did and so at this level where i'm so packed and booked every day i don't think i can take on new clients that are needing training right if i was still you know building my business and had a free day i could work with this dog and train it but 
I feel bad, but like, I just didn't, I just don't think I have it in me to work with this dog. So I'm going to have to tell her, you know, maybe. What was her reaction to seeing the video? Oh, she knew. Both of her dogs are, you know, she knows. She knows that her dogs have like a lot of behavioral problems. Mm -hmm. I don't really know why. I, I didn't get into the history of them, but it's a bummer. I feel bad for her. Yeah. And Wendy's okay when she's with you? Because I feel like she's Wendy's, a crazy dog. No, she's a dream. She's the best. She sits next to me on my feet and just chills. I am beaming as if I just heard that like my <laughs> child's book report was so good. Yeah. Her book report is really good. <laughs> Although I question her taste, but you know. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping she'll outgrow it. Yeah. But for now, it's what she's into yeah let's do just me or everyone um first i want to tell you guys i'm on patreon patreon.com slash allison rosen is where you go for that there's different reward levels you can get bonus episodes interactive video stream uh merch in the mail all sorts of fun stuff patreon.com slash allison rosen and we will fully plug the book at the end but i think we should also plug it now get jess rona's groomed um it's on amazon i will put a link uh, to the book. I'll tweet it out. I'll also put it in the episode summary of this episode at allisonrosen.com. Um, is there, it's actually sold out on Amazon though, right? I know. What the hell? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I live for that applause. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But they'll have more soon, right? I hope so. I, I emailed the publisher yesterday. I was like, what's going on? I don't know if anybody's gotten their book yet. I'm like, get it. I want everyone to have it. Yeah. I just is it in bookstores too? No, not yet. They have a book show coming up in February mm-hmm. that they're going to pitch. My dream is for it to be at Urban Outfitters. I think it'd be really fun. Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Hopefully they'll like it. We'll see. If I not, like it'll it be could, on Amazon. I feel like it could be at Anthropology too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those cool stores that sell books. Yeah. Um, okay. Just mirror everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something Okay, Ed Morris says, whenever I walk past the as seen on TV section at the CVS drugstore, I must stop and look at the as seen merchandise. Just me or everyone. I'm always tempted to check it out as well. Yeah. Have you ever ordered anything from television? Oh, shit. I don't know. My mom does, but I don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think I do either, but I remember... I was very, like, mesmerized by the infomercial for NADS. Do you remember NADS? It was a hair removal yeah. s- system that you could eat. It oh. was so natural. I mean, they, it wasn't like you'd buy it to eat it. But it was something that you, like, I think it was a wax that you pulled off. But the commercial would, I think it was an Australian company. So it was, like, mesmerizing Australian accents nads and then they'd like rub it on your skin and they talk about how it's so natural that you can eat it oh okay you know there was a commercial on instagram for this cat box that Mm -hmm. like it's like a cat um shelf that sits on the the window and i really wanted to get one for my sister but that's that's, it's similar similar and also if there was an air mattress commercial where they would show a tiger climbing on the air mattress and like it was Smart. so durable Smart. that even a tiger's claws couldn't I need a new air mattress. It. I was just talking about that this morning. Yeah, you need to get you need to go back about 15 years and okay. get this one. Okay. Would you ever groom a tiger? No. <laughs> I groom my husband, that's where I stay. <laughs> 
Wait, one more question from before. So I know that you're fairly into Caesar Milan, right? Yeah. It seems like he's kind of controversial, though. Yes, what are he your is. thoughts about that? I agree with the contra- like I agree with people that think he's a little harsh, but um, I take I pick and choose what I want. I like the calm, assertive energy aspect of it, and that's what I use, mm-hmm. and that's how I train dogs. All right, Nicole Kendall says, "Just smear everyone. Prefer the taste of instant coffee over the real thing." Hell no. No, it's not me. Jeff? I have instant coffee. The Trader Joe's instant coffee is better than you would think. It's pretty good for being instant coffee in a pinch. It's great, but no. I'm. Whenever I come across instant coffee, though, I'm always surprised at how robust the flavor is really? like it's not to me it's not watery it actually has it's very coffee flavored yeah but i still prefer real coffee yeah. yeah fun fact i took a coffee roasting class and i know how to coffee i know how to roast coffee that is fun <laughs> yeah. when when and why i just i i make kombucha i'm just very crafty in the kitchen mm-hmm. and i just wanted to learn i there's a place called the institute of domestic technology and they teach classes on pickling and how to make cheese and how to roast coffee and stuff so i just was it fun. fun it was so fun that's really cool i'm gonna have to look this place up yeah it's fun that'll go on my list of classes that i want to take that i feel like i'm probably never going to take yeah. but there's so many yeah so many uh i would like to play the banjo really mm-hmm. i've always wanted to play i mean if i always wanted to p- play the banjo I probably would actually be playing it. But yeah. it's always been in the back of my head. It's like, that'd be a cool thing to yeah. do. Yeah. I okay. find like if you take, if you have a big dream and you take like baby steps and you think, I just want to learn how to play one song on the banjo, then you could just do the one song. You right. know what I mean? Baby steps. The, yeah. my, my first baby step is I just announced. Yeah. Because I feel like banjos took some heat on the show recently. Yeah, a lot I of people I can't remember hate banjo. Yeah. Not really, I'm jo- I don't no, know. No. <laughs> a lot of people on my show do. There was really? like How some... could you not like a banjo? I don't know. It's so fun. I know. Ms. Appropriate says, when I show discretion by choosing not to gossip about something, I immediately want to brag about how discreet <gasps> I am. Yes. I relate to this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You feel like you should get an award yes. for like I didn't chime in. Yes. Lauren K says, hearing podcast guests ask, am I allowed to curse, makes me wish I could ask this question in real life conversations with new people. That's a, that's funny. Um, I don't know. I don't do that. I don't question. I just kind of read the person, but Mm -hmm. I could see how that would be a thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think how often I, I think I went through a phase for a long time where I was like, this is me. I just curse. Yeah. (laughs) And now I probably am more careful with it. Although not careful enough because I curse a lot in front of little kids. Really? Yeah, who are like too young to notice it. Yeah. But my mom recently was like, you're going to have to watch your language soon. Fuck. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Fuck. Guys, can you just calm down? (laughs) Fuck. All right. One more. Fuck. Okay. I didn't know you had those at the ready. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I brought my family here. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> bruised by dawn says i've always wondered why i can already tell this is bruised be- by dawn no everyone <laughs> thinks it's that but it's bruise like beer bruise by dawn oh, like bruise. he makes his own oh, beer fun. yeah most people think it it's someone like who's bruised yeah who why is does bruised. this person like chime yes, in a lot yeah okay. um this is a regular hey hey dawn 
I've always wondered why early payments don't count as a balance against late payments. If you're two days early one month, but one day late the next, you should still be one day early overall. I've never wondered that, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. It is very mathy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was, in fact, I was going to say the reason I don't think I've wondered that is because it is so mathy. Yeah, yeah, I've I've not thought that before. Yeah, but I'm I'm with you on it. Yeah, you should get you should get credit for that. You yeah. should because if you're late, it's like herpes. You just it sticks with you forever. It yeah. really does. But if yeah. you're early, man, nothing. Yeah, but don't brag to your friends that you were early, just like the gossip lady, yeah. right? Like, hi, I was early on my payment. I don't know. There should be a way to accrue get-out-of-jail-free type situations with your credit card. Like, Absolutely. And I don't know what it would be, like paying it off, well, except paying it off, excuse me, every month. They don't like that as much as they yeah. do if you rack up interest charges. Oh, yeah. But still, there should be like some kind of rewards bonusy thing. Yeah, I agree. There really should. Yeah, there's no there's no awesome way to pay off your bills. It's just <laughs> right. either you do it adequately or you do it terribly. And if you do it terribly, then you're just screwed. You really will be screwed. Yeah. 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 I think we mentioned this on we've been trying to buy a house for a while. And so um our loan person pulled our credit scores recent not not recently, this is a while ago actually. And Daniel had been late on one payment. And he called and they said that it was going to be reversed because he had like never been late or something. But that one thing made it so that we weren't going to be able to get really? the particular loan. Yeah. No. Like that's, I think I had heard because my parents are very financially responsible and, um, and it like instilled that in us. And I think that I had heard that, that like one late payment can totally fuck that. That wasn't the language they used, but like mess you up. And I didn't realize how much it can. Damn, it's I so un- it feels so unfair when it's happening. It really does. That yeah, feel- I do a lot of the automatic withdrawal payments, so mm-hmm. I don't have to think about it. And it's like you take what you need when you need it, right? But yeah, damn, that sucks. It really did, and it and it also it was like in trying to talk to them, it's like is there not a human being anywhere yeah. who has discretion? But it turns out no. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, there's not. We got it. We got it fixed, and everything's fine now. But it was a ton but of work. It was a ton of work, a ton of phone calls. Um. And it just felt like, really, like someone who's never made a late payment just because they messed up. When and wasn't it for a credit card that he had gotten that he didn't really yes, use anymore? Yes, that's what it was. was like, I, I knew oh, there was more to the story. I'm afraid of that. I knew there was more to the story. It was a credit card that he didn't use. Um, and it had an annual charge. Right. So he didn't, because he didn't use the credit card, he hadn't been checking. Ugh. And there was an annual charge yes. that, and then like that, he hadn't paid that. But it was the annual charge, like the fee to use the credit card. Yes. Like, that's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. So it wasn't even like he bought something. No, it was just that he hadn't checked to see if there was a charge on it because he doesn't use it and he had like forgotten about it. Wait, so once you stop using a credit card, should you call them and cancel it? Well, that is also something where it's, I would be curious what Jensen Chero? Jen, Jensen Chero. Jensen Chero says about She's that. She's Italian. Because I think if you close a credit card, that can ding your credit too. So like if it's, if you are about to buy a house or about to buy something where they're going to be looking at your credit, I think they say don't do it then. Like just let it ride. Yeah. It's know. unclear because some of the advice says, this, this seems to be standard advice, which is if you've had a credit card for a long time keep that open right cuz it can because be helping your credit it's it's a good thing to show that you've had a credit card for a long time even if you don't use it 
So if you've had a credit card for a long time, keep it active, use it like once a year to keep it active. But whether or not to close newer ones is unclear. I've seen advice all over the place on this. But whenever you close a credit card, you say to them in writing, put in my credit card report account closed at user's request. Oh, right. So that when somebody pulls it up, then they can see, oh, well, you you just decided to close this. But whether or not it's a good idea for your credit, I've never gotten a straight answer. It's hard to get straight answers yeah. on credit yeah. report stuff. That's yeah. also Easy to what get we found. money quickly. Yes, yeah. it really is. <laughs> and, but then when you like when something is an issue, then it's like a headache. Yeah. And I'll have you know that the credit card that that happened with Daniel on was a Capital One credit card, and I got rid of my Capital One business credit card because of that. There you go. I was already Cap hating One, them anyway. They're terrible. You've lost. Yeah, their customer service is terrible. And I was on the bubble. I was like, oh, but you know, it's such a pain to switch it over. And after he told me that story, I was like, screw those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Dick says, I just laughed at my own burp. I think I did that on this show. Yeah, I don't do that. You don't? (laughs) There it is. (laughs) (laughs) You don't ever laugh at a burp or a fart? I guess if it it depends on the situation. Yeah. Dave Cross says, even though I use it daily, I can't remember what clothing is contained in which dresser drawer. Yeah, I I find myself like opening up all my, but that's because I'm not organized well. So it's like the socks really, really could be in more than one drawer. Wow. Yeah, okay, lately it's that would bad. stress me out. Okay, Marie Kondo. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. That would stress me out if I'm like, where are my shirts? Yeah. I don't know. So you're are you organized? Fairly organized? I think so, yeah. That's good. Good for I, you. I grew up with the hoarder. We didn't touch on that, but I grew up with the, in a hoarding situation. So now I'm like the opposite. I'm in therapy about it. Like I have to throw everything away, and then I'm, it's like it's like the pendulum has swung too far the Wait, other way. I can't believe that you had something negative to say about Marie Kondo because I feel like you're very Marie Kondo. I want to be very Marie Kondo, but I do think she is insane. And I say that with love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's too extreme. Okay. But but you also She has you empty your purse every day. I mean, That's I crazy. think it's crazy. I think it's just too extreme for me. It's too much. It, some people live by her and love it and God bless, do you. But for me, I think it's too much. But you're in uh, therapy for needing to throw everything away? I'm in therapy for the stress that clutter causes me in my home. And my poor husband, I'm having to deal with it. I and for other reasons, I mean, and there's a list. Sure. I'm very cluttery and it brings a lot of stress to my life, but I like I don't know how to get rid of it. Yeah. I don't know how to break the clutter pattern. If Well, I actually do use the Marie Kondo, does it bring you joy question. And you have to really, really ask yourself. I bought this. I actually just donate, donated this rug that I loved. And I was like, damn, I just can't find a spot for you. It's this tiny, weird rug. And I just had to donate it. And I did it. And I don't care. I feel good. Did you thank it for its service? No. Because that's a Marie Kondo thing. Did you? Really? I had... Tell me what you would have done in this situation. Or before the show even started, we talked about a lot of stuff. And one of the things we talked about was that magnesium calm drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot when you mentioned it uh, that just yesterday in 
Prevention Magazine, which my mother-in-law sent us a subscription to, which is <laughs> oh. like, you are old. Wow. That's what that wow. says. <laughs> you are old. So I know all about fitness in my 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. But anyway, it had a little sample of this calm drink. And then oh. it had a coupon for $5 off. Okay. Now, I have... Damn, $5. I know. You're going to get that. I have a canister of it that will take me two lifetimes to finish. Yeah. So I don't need this. But my mother-in-law does. She's a, interested in magnesium calm. Okay. She's a consumer. And I feel like she might be like, oh, like I, I could put it aside for her. I shouldn't be saying this because sure, ultimately sure, sure. it ended with me throwing it out. Yep. So I'm like, I can't, I can't keep this piece you of paper. You answered my, you, yes, that's my answer. So I, so I shouldn't be like, and I thought of this mm-hmm. sort of nice thing that I decided mm-hmm. not to do. But anyway, but or it is $5. It I don't know. Does, is she local? No. If if you really wanted to share it with her, put it mail in an envelope it. and mail it. Yeah, or or throw it away. Um, and it really was. It's not like she, it's not like oh, she can pay rent this month. For, you know what I mean? It was yeah. just like a, I thought of you kind yeah. of thing. Um, but it does feel like throwing five dollars out. Yeah, but yeah, my thing was like I just I can't have this piece of paper in the kitchen that has mm-hmm. too many pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's like pick your battles i'd rather have like calmness inside and serenity than this fight this the coupon, coupon. Yeah. yeah what was your hoarding situation growing oh up my, God. my stepdad was a hoarder and he just he also was a caterer and he also had a seltzer delivery company in the valley like his dad had one mm-hmm. had this company in like the 50s so we just had a collection of seltzer crates and seltzer like, like, you know, Jews in the 50s in, in L.A. would drink seltzer mm-hmm. and everywhere. But um, and so, yeah, he would deliver it everywhere. But we had all these seltzer cases and catering stuff and he just wouldn't wouldn't throw it away at anything. I remember wanting to, like, clean out a drawer in the kitchen and he had a fit. It was like a big issue Mm -hmm. and it was just like cluttered. It wasn't like, you know, a pathway with everything to the ceiling, but it was very, very cluttered. Did your mom, uh, was she bothered by it too? My mom was such a workaholic in her forties that she kind of like checked out and was just working like a maniac. Mm-hmm. So and it was just you it was and just the seltzers, me and the bottles. seltzers and my crazy cousin <laughs> that lived with us. Oh right, I was gonna say that sounds like a pretty that's like a pretty big life change to all of a sudden have a cousin come live mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, it was crazy. We moved. There was a big ninety four earthquake, mm-hmm. so our house got destroyed because we were right in it. And we had to. We had another house in Van Nuys that we were renting out, so we moved there. It was just like a lot of uprooting and a lot of just crazy. Yeah. And but last- I'm I'm happy now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy now. Really happy. Lastly, Jay Lambchop says, I hate being late, so I show up 20 minutes early, but wait in my car until five minutes prior to being on time. I want to be that person so bad. Which one are you? Today, I was I got here at like right before I was supposed to, but I want to be the person that waits in their car. Yeah. What are you? I am the person who runs late all the time really? now. I've been different people uh, throughout my life. I was always, I always ran late. Like my my mom is always my mom is always late. My dad's very punctual. That's like a stress for them. Um, and I always ran late my whole life. And then for some reason, when I moved to New York, I think because I wasn't driving and because I was relying on public transportation mm-hmm. or a cab or just there was all these like I was always 
on time or a little bit early. Like it was no longer an issue. I really think, I think driving is what makes me late because I think to myself that I have more time than I do. I don't know. But then now I found, and then when I moved back, I was fairly punctual for a while. Um, when I got a dog, I started being late all the time. I think because, well, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to leave him first of all, but also I just wasn't factoring in, okay, it takes an extra, you know, 10 or 15 minutes to leave because I have to like put him, you know, get him all set up and stuff. Um, and then now with a kid, when you have a kid, I don't think even think people expect you to be on time if the kid's coming. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, we still haven't figured out exactly how much time to bake into something to like pack up Elliot and the diaper bag and all that. Yeah. That's another monster that I, I don't know, but I'm very stressed out by being late. Yeah. Like I'm the person who, if it's, you know, if I'm supposed to be there at like 1130 and it's 1132 mm-hmm. and I'm parking, I feel like I should be texting like, hey, yeah. I'm almost there. Yeah, for sure. I kind of get anxious to be early because I don't want to have nothing to do. Right. I think I have that too. So I think that I actually very much relate to this just mirror everyone, even though I don't do it because I don't. Yeah, it, the the anxiety of like being somewhere early and how am I going to kill the time that then results in me being but late. But now like we have our phones and sometimes right. I try to do a little meditation if I can. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I started meditating. It's helped a lot. Do you do it every day? Yeah. What's, I try what's to. your practice? <laughs> <laughs> um, I do transcendental meditation. Oh, that's a whole thing. But I also, it's Pre- a whole Prevention thing. Magazine. Is it month. really? It really is. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but I also do this guided meditation that is on YouTube by Wayne Dyer, who I love, who um, it's called I Am, the Wayne Dyer I Am meditation. Writing and, it down. Writing it down. Um, basically, when you declare to the universe, I am blank, like I am tired, I am unorganized, I am whatever, you're kind of giving it power. And so I feel some people say you're not giving it power, you're kind of releasing it. So right. I guess it depends on how you look at it. I think you're giving it power when you declare something. I am this is very powerful. So in this meditation, you close your eyes and then on the inhale, you kind of picture the universe giving to you. I am calm and present is my usual mantra. And then I exhale and and manifest. I am calm and present. And so you do that for 20 minutes. Although I think the YouTube is 40 minutes, which is too long for me. That's really interesting. I'm going to have to check that out. I like I am calm and present. I am rich in abundance is really good. Um, I am ready is really good. I am calm. Yeah. You could think of whatever is good for your for that day. It's interesting. I am ready like really resonated with yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. I just did that one. I feel for like the I just time. learned something about myself. Really? The fact that I like reacted mm-hmm. so strongly because something I've realized in therapy and also I knew it before therapy, but but now I'm realizing it um, while paying someone money is that I always feel like I need more time. Like that has been, it's just my default setting of like, I need, wait, I need more time. Wait, wait, I need more time. I think that's a lot of people. Yeah. I think that's super common. But in fact, you got chills at the IM. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I am too. Because oftentimes I am ready. It's just a like, wait, wait thing. In fact, there's a scene in Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind and I can no longer remember anything else other than like this one little moment. So I need to watch it again because um, I can't remember the context of the scene. But Jim Carrey says like, wait. And she's like, what? And he's like, I don't know. 
I'm paraphrasing. No, it was I, something like he's like I, I don't know, just wait, and like yeah. that is my soul in a movie. Yes, wow, holy shit, that's great. I very much relate to that, so I am ready. I am ready for what I don't know for but all of it. Yeah, you know who it. taught me that? Tiffany Haddish. I love her. Oh yeah, I love she's her too. always hashtags. She's, she's ready. ready. Yeah, and so I was like, that's a really. She's basically declaring all the time, all day. I am ready. I am ready. And so look at the huge thing she's doing. And I think she's kind of doing this I am thing all the time. And mm-hmm. look what it's manifesting. She's when you're constantly I am this, you know, some people do the opposite and they're just like, I'm so bored or, right. you know, I'm, I'm not so, ready. I'm yeah, I'm not ready or I'm so like tired. If someone's like, I'm so tired all the time, you're going to be tired all the time. But mm-hmm. if you can like change it somehow inside and just lie for a bit and then you know who knows what what it'll change try to just be i'm just trying to be aware of what i declare Mm -hmm. true because i will believe it inside that's really good i told you i'm self-help you thanks guys jess rona it was so delightful having you on thank you this was so cool wow there's the rest of the audience. Everyone everyone loved it. I don't know why I keep looking over there. I'm just imagining them right here. No, that makes sense Thank based you. on the way our set works. Yeah. <laughs> that the audience would be where right you just there, pointed. To my right. Mm-hmm. Um, this was so cool. Thank you. Thank you so much Thank for having so me much. on. You're so good at what you do. Oh, thank you. Oh, stop. It's a skill. It really is. And I'm so comfortable with you. So that's really cool, too. That's... Um, I am exerting my energy on you what is it projecting my energy at you yeah i'm ready i'm in we're ready (laughs) i'm crazy (laughs) it's i knew i knew it's one of those uh the funny thing is that sometimes i'm like when did i say that but with that and the litany of fuck yous it's like that could have been from so many different shows sure okay the book is jess rona's groomed um we did mention where to get it probably like less than 15 minutes ago. And I doubt anyone is tuning in just at the end, but in just in case you tuned in just at the end, (laughs) uh, tell them again where to get it. You can get it on Amazon. You could just search Jess Rona on Amazon and the book will pop up. And plug all the other things you'd like people to check out. Check out my Instagram, Jess Rona Grooming. I'm not really on Twitter, really. Um, Yeah. I think your Twitter bio is I'm not not on on Twitter. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) on Twitter. Um, but yeah, it's just Jess Rona Grooming or my website, JessRonaGrooming.com. Perfect. Jeff, where do we find you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. And follow me on Twitter. I am on Twitter. I would like to not be, but I am at Allison Rosen and Instagram at Allison Rosen. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go. And my website, AllisonRosen.com. There's a store there. You can get t-shirts, ringtones, um, all that kind of stuff. Thank you again for Thank being you. on the show. Everyone get the book. Yay. You can see <laughs> Wendy. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen.